About 15 years ago, actually 15 years ago this fall, my wife and I arrived in the Bay Area from two very different parts of the world. But it didn't matter if you came from Western Japan or the Midwest of this country. You get to the Bay Area, and what do you experience but sticker shock, <laughs> right? Now, some of you will remember what was going on in those days. Housing was incredibly tight. Everybody was scrambling all over everybody else to get the jobs and the places to live and the best commutes, ideally no commutes. You remember that dot-com bubble? Some of you do. Does today remind you a little bit of that? I see some heads nodding. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of that, too. It's kind of a cynical time again, isn't it? Where the, the MO of the day seems to be get yours while the getting's good. Right? You know? We live in an age, as one of my brothers stated most eloquently recently, where corporations have become people and people have become commodities. Think about that for a minute. Think about how incongruous that is, how different that is from what happens in Holy Week and Easter. How strange that is. It's always struck me as strange to go through Holy Week and Easter in the Bay Area. All I have to do is drive into church and I feel, I'm doing something really weird here. Really weird. Because you see everybody, you know, going about their daily business, business as usual in Mill Valley, and you think, why are we doing this again? Somebody needs to check in with me and just remind me, tell me why we're doing this again. But that incongruity is where, where Easter is for us. Because it's an incongruity that was the same that the first disciples experienced as they came to the empty tomb on the first day of the week after Jesus was crucified. Life in Jerusalem was business as usual. The Sabbath was over. Everybody had gone back to work in their daily lives and routines. The religious authorities were poring over the events of the weekend, how they had put down a potential rebellion and gotten rid of this pretender who had come to Jerusalem wanting to reform their hallowed tradition and also confront the fragile peace that they had forged with the Roman occupation. That fragile peace, which, by the way, lined their pockets and kept them in some level of power over their people. They were in cahoots, you see, with the Roman occupation because that way they could make some money and they could also guarantee that the tribute would keep flowing to Rome. And that's all that mattered at the end of the day. It kept all the elites happy and kept the peasants under their thumb. Meanwhile, Pilate, I suppose, was sitting in his palace and going over the events of the weekend. He had put to death yet another rebellious rabble-rouser, probably one of many he put to death during his tenure. 
and he and the Roman occupation could rest on their laurels for the week, knowing that the Pax Romana had once again been protected, the tribute was flowing to Rome, and this dusty, irascible little country at the edge of empire was in line. Things were okay. They had done their jobs. And yet far away, far away, about as far as you could get from these halls of power gather Mary Magdalene and Peter and the beloved disciple. Planning for business as usual. What is business as usual in a graveside place? Well, you go and you honor the dead, right? They have lost everything. Their teacher, their rabbi, their friend. This one who had promised them a new way of life if they would give up the rat race long enough to see that God was at work among them. Now, most of us are afraid to give up the rat race if you look at us closely because we're afraid we stop long enough to ask where we're going and why we're doing what we're doing we're too far behind to catch up again. Do you know that fear? you know that fear? No, I'm your priest. I know that fear. You know? Yeah. Right? And it seems as though that's precisely what's happened to Mary Magdalene and Peter and all of Jesus' followers. You know, who needs a dead Messiah, for heaven's sake? Who needs a dead Messiah? I don't need a dead Messiah. Do you need a dead Messiah? You don't need a dead Messiah, do you? No, probably not. Well, neither did Mary Magdalene and Peter. You know, I suppose had they been politically savvy enough, they could have turned Jesus into some sort of holy martyr, but they didn't have the organization to do that. The disciples were scattered out of fear. They had no political friends to leverage that for them. And so imagine their surprise when they are about to go into business as usual and discover the tomb open and empty. On Easter morning, God says to them and to us, it's not business as usual anymore. Life is different now. And they, like we, can scarcely believe it. When Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, she thinks he's the gardener. That would be business as usual. Who else would you meet? At the graves of the dead. Just the caretaker, right? It takes her a moment to recognize who he is, and it will take some of the disciples, as we will hear in subsequent weeks even longer, to figure out that this is Jesus risen from the dead because it is no longer business as usual. 
What does it mean for you to be here on Easter morning and be told that it is no longer business as usual? The world is going to go on doing what it has always done. That's what the Romans will do. But we know that the Roman Empire will die. That's what other kingdoms will do over the centuries. But we know they will come and they will go. This economy will be like the dot-com bubble was. It will be here for a while and then it will disappear. Business as usual is always more. But Christ promises something eternal. You know, there are a few things this economy has not yet turned into commodities. Try these. Love. Compassion. Forgiveness. Mercy. Solidarity. Even community, as fragile as it is, cannot have a price put on it cannot have a sticker attached, cannot be traded on the exchanges. This is what we are called to as an Easter people. These things that the world cannot trade in, because the world trades only in things that it can get its hands on, and that it can manipulate and manage, and frankly, to a certain degree, threaten us with death over we trade in things that are eternal, that rise from the dead, that nourish life, bring a new spring in each of our hearts and our relationships. Will you be an Easter people this year? Will you live into that incongruity with the world long enough? show business as usual for what it is, to show the life of Christ for all that it can be, for all those who need to know it. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at oursaviourmv.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R MV for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.